Yeah, good to have you. Bill Michael's show. Fortune brought to you by our friends at Smoke on the Water and Sloppy Joe's. Uh, Smoke on the Water on Okachi Lake, right there on Wisconsin Avenue. Really good food, uh, huge downstairs, bands, entertainment, all that kind of good stuff. And uh, Sloppy Joe's on Hubertus Road in Hubertus, just uh, east of Holy Hill. And uh, that's a, just a good old-fashioned Wisconsin bar. And I'm sure if you're looking for a good fish fry tonight, either place is good. But uh, Sloppy Joe's is just that that good old. It's like you're going to walk in in the old-fashioned, sitting on the bar. There's the fish fry, and you're just like, okay, I'm home. Uh, it's just that good. Uh, try either one of them out. Both places, fantastic. Uh, again, Smoke on the Water in Okachi Lake. Sloppy Joe's on Hubertus, in Hubertus. Tremendous place to go. Um, the um, This is from uh, Mr. Dave, who says, uh, what happens if Aaron Rodgers comes back with a chip on his shoulder and wins an MVP and takes the Jets deep into the postseason? What will Packers fans say then? Um I would say, me personally, I would probably say it was expected, right? I mean, uh, I I picture Rodgers coming back with a chip on his shoulder. I picture him playing. I said, I think, uh, I said at the beginning of the, the week, I said that uh, I thought Rodgers would be maybe like third in voting for the MVP and probably maybe a 10-win season out of the Jets. And they won't win the division. I, I I don't think they can win their division. But I think maybe they get in as a wild card, and maybe they're a one-and-done. That was my prediction. So, um, you know, take it for what it's worth. How would you feel about that? I think a lot of people would probably say something to the effect of, eh, they got to the postseason, but same old, same old. And then if you're a, if you're a Rodgers basher, you'll say, well, he choked again and didn't lead him, lead him to a win. And if you're the you know, pro Aaron Rodgers guy, you'll say, look what he did to a franchise that couldn't seem to get to the postseason to save their life. He took them to the playoffs. So I, 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 that's kind of where I'm at. I don't know if that means a hill of beans to you. I don't know if you feel like that's a good thing, a bad thing, or indifferent. I, I That I don't know, but that's kind of what my prediction is. Speaking of predictions, Ben, last night uh, when I was doing the, uh, the the speech down at Wisconsin Club, uh, one of the guys who knows you and I kind of placed the bets on certain things. Uh, we were talking about, you know, over and under on Brewers wins. And then uh, it came to pass on the Christian Yelich home run total. Have we decided on that yet? I have not written anything down. Okay. I don't remember the number we had. Uh, it, it's sitting at 18 and a half. Okay. Yeah, I'll take the over easily. I, I might I even give the, you 20. I took the under on that. Um, but he does look like he's off to a much better better start this year in spring training than he has been over the last couple of years. He's hitting the ball well. Grant Bills yep. is out there. I got firsthand reports last night that Yelich is, quote, huge. Huge as in he's bulked up? Huge. I don't know. I don't know how it compares to previous. Maybe it's Grant's first time in a locker room. <laughs> okay. But he's huge. <laughs> okay, here, here's here's my thing. This would be my question to Grant. Maybe we get Grant on the program. My question to Grant would be this. If he sits there and watches batting practice, how many balls is Christian Yelich taken out of the park? And the reason I ask is because when he was at, in, like, the heyday, it was like a clinic. It was just whack, 
whack, whack, whack. Ball after ball after ball after ball after ball out of the ballpark. And then the year that I saw him, uh, well, this time three years ago. It was today three years ago when the world shut down, remember. So it was on the 14th of March, three years ago, and they were getting ready to sign Christian Yelich to that contract extension. And I was sitting there at batting practice, and he was hitting a lot of long fly ball outs. He was hitting a few of them that were, like, pulled down the lines. Nothing was going out of the ballpark. Nothing. And I thought, well, maybe it's just maybe maybe it's just the day. Maybe it's a breeze. And then other guys were just, you know, pulling a ball out of the ballpark all over the place. He wasn't hitting anything out of the ballpark. So my question would be is if Grant's sitting there watching spring training, watching batting practice, is more than 50% of the balls that he's he's ripping on going out of the ballpark or, or only one or two or just one or none? What's he doing? That would be what I'd want to know. Because right. I remember I remember when he was first came in and we're sitting there watching batting practice and I'm like, oh my God, this guy's putting on a clinic. He had tons of power. Grant will so join I, us at one eighteen. There we go. Asking you shall receive. Was he listening or uh, did you just text him? I texted him. I found okay. the text. The the exact quote it was at I had not texted him. It was at Wednesday at 3.53 p.m. Yelich is effing huge, man. Okay. And then he asked me how the dentist was going. And I said, <laughs> quite poorly. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we'll uh, find out what the effing huge stands for. And then we'll ask him about Yelich and batting practice and see if he wants to jump in on the 18 and a half. Over or under. I hope he hits over 20 home runs this year. I really do. But I've now put a uh, a 50-plus dollar bottle of bourbon on it is where I'm at. Oh, is that what we're doing? Uh, I, well, that's what I did last night. If you and I want to do that, that's fine. I'll do that. i got to check my finances. Get back to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't want no you know bottle of Muscatel or you know, Mad Dog 2020 coming my way. So, Are you a bourbon drinker? I enjoy it. Do you? Uh, okay. I wouldn't say I'm a drinker of it, but I like well, to drink do you do, it. What do you do, bathe in it? Okay. No, I like to drink it, but I'm not a bourbon drinker. <laughs> There's a clear line, right? Like, right. Uh, no, I, I, yeah, you, in bourbon is a, uh, bourbon by no means is a chugging drink. It is a sipping, fine cigar Nice sit down, relaxing drink, and uh, and if you really get crazy with it, I mix it every now and then um, with like a side, a really good cider, and oh, just it's such a good drink, such a good mixer. Oh, I'll take a bourbon old fashioned over brandy. Bourbon old fashioned, hundred percent of the time. Yeah, bourbon old fashioned is good too. Uh, the uh, the question that you had, which now has four hundred and seventy three votes, and I'm going to retweet it is which franchise uh, do people feel is going to have the most success over the next six seasons? Is that going to be the Packers or the Jets? And I thought about where both of these are. And uh, 76.1% say it's going to be the Packers. And I would, I would 
probably go in that direction, and here's the reason why. One is the Jets are notorious for not having consistent success. Two, Rodgers is only going to play there a year, maybe two, and they're going to turn it over to the idiot Zach Wilson because they're going to hope Zach Wilson learns from Aaron Rodgers in some way, shape, or form. Um, but it really is going to be dependent upon quarterback play. We all know that. So it, it, you have to believe, okay, which is better, Jordan Love or Zach Wilson? At this point, I'd say Jordan Love, and that's not even seeing Jordan Love because we know what the ills of Zach Wilson are. So if you want to look at the next six seasons in that light. So I would agree with the poll question. I would agree with where most pollsters are right now, and that is 76.1% say it's going to be the Green Bay Packers over that period of time, the next six seasons. Do you agree? I do. Yeah, I I think when you look at the NFC and even with love – they're probably closer to the top of it than maybe Rodgers would be. The biggest thing I kept coming back to is, yeah, the Packers have the freedom to reshape the roster. And when you go six years, that's going to be a lot of post-Rodgers years there. And I thought about the worst-case scenario for the Packers and for the Jets. For the Jets with Rodgers, the worst-case scenario is complete disaster. He's not good enough. They don't win. He retires. They're screwed with money. They have a good team, and they can't find a quarterback. For the Packers, I think the worst-case scenario with Jordan Love is he's bad, and then they have a top-five pick, and then they go draft Caleb Williams or Drake May, where I think it's much more manageable in that case. Like, if the Jets don't win a Super Bowl with Rodgers, I think it's a failure, and I don't think they will. So, yeah, they might win a playoff game or two next season, but could the Packers over the next six years surpass that? I think easily. I think they should. I think they should be expected to. I would uh, – I'll say this. When when the Packers get out of this, you know, this, this salary cap issue that they're going to have now, they're going to carry with them for probably the next couple of years. Um, first of all, it, you know, you have to think two things. One is that they're going to have some money to spend, so that can pull you out of whatever doldrums or downslide you might be in. The second thing is, do you believe – in the drafting capability of Brian Goodekinst. That's what you got to ask yourself. Do you believe in the drafting capability of Brian Goodekinst? Because if you don't, then you're in for a long, long, long pain, uh, grouping of pain and suffering. If you go back to, uh, go back to 2018, 2019, 2019 top three, Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage Jr., even though he did have a down year last year, and Elton Jenkins, still, there's still performers on this team. Jair, in 2018, still performer on this team. The rest, no MVS, no Equinemia St. Brown, no J.K. Scott, no Cole Madison, no Jamon Moore, no Jay Sternberger, uh, Kingsley Kiki, you know, no Ty Summers. They're all gone. Everybody's gone. The only one that's kind of hung around has kind of been on and off Dexter Williams as a backup running back. But that's it. Everybody else gone. The Jordan Love pick is going to be the defining pick, obviously. But you've got A.J. Dillon. And after that, you know, John Runyon obviously has been solid. Jake Hansen is a backup. Who, who else am I missing here? Um Josiah Aguara, the third-round draft choice, which has been so elusive for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, maybe he's going to see more playing time this year. 
Maybe he's going to be more of the Swiss Army knife that they wanted to use him as. You know, we'll wait and see. But you know, but do you believe Brian Gutekunst as a talent evaluator and drafter? Because you're coming off of a year in which you didn't get a lot out of Stokes early on, and then he got hurt. Josh Myers has been solid backup. Amari Rogers, you booted to the curb. There's Royce Newman, T.J. Slayton, Shamar Jean Charles. Um, after that, I mean, you got rid of Kylan Hill, Cole Van Lannan, Isaiah McDuffie. And in the meantime, you got Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, Christian Watson, um, Sean Ryan, who had the PED issue this year, third-round draft choice. Uh, but after that, you got Romeo Dobbs, Zach Tom, who played well, Kingsley Ngabari. Ngabari, I thought, played extremely well for the circumstances he was thrown into to be the outside linebacker. Um, and then Samari Torre. Uh, the backup offensive lineman, uh, Rashid Walker, is still there. Defensive tackle, Jonathan Ford. So you got some guys hanging around. But you've got to believe if over the next two, three years, that if he's a good drafter, that you're going to continue to replenish the team with talent and depth. But you've got to hit with guys that are going to be pro bowlers, at least once a year. You know, Is that going to be Stokes when he comes back? Is that going to be Jordan Love this season? Is Rashawn Gary going to return to form? Is Elton Jenkins going to be a pro bowler again? You know, is it going to be Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, Christian Watson? Do they all emerge? Zach Tom, does he solidify on the offensive line? Do he get bigger, stronger? Because he's, re- he's really more of a, of a guard than he is a tackle. But does he then really kind of fight for that right tackle position? You know, so if you've got some of those guys there and you continue to accentuate the team with new faces, then you would say, yeah, over the next five, six years, you're in a pretty good position. You're going to be pretty good. But if not, oof, oof, not going to be the best of situations. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to find us? Please feel free. Go ahead and hit us up. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. the final out of the Cole Center in a Division Five boys basketball. So it continues on. Continues on. There you go. Good stuff as March Madness fully uh, fully underway. Not only here in our own backyard, but uh, obviously uh, on the hardwood. And you've got uh, early contests. Uh, Knotted now up at 34 apiece. Michigan State struggling with USC at the half. Also at 34 apiece. Xavier. The third-ranked Xavier Musketeers are the number three seed Xavier Musketeers against Kennesaw State. They're tied at 34 apiece. Xavier coming out of the Big East. Kennesaw coming out of I have no idea where. What Trouble. Is the Kennes- Trouble what is for Kennes- Xavier. Right? No, it's not Xavier. I'm going to punch you right in the groin. Uh, what is Kennesaw State? What uh, what conference is that out of? A-Sun. The Atlantic the A-Sun? Sun. Yeah, okay, the Atlantic Sun Conference. Couldn't remember where they were out of. The A-Sun. The Kennesaw State Owls, if I'm not mistaken. In football, they're in CUSA. 
Okay, which I guess is different than the basketball. All right. uh, but they are the Owls. Xavier is Musketeers, although Xavier has the Musketeer and the Big Blue Blob. You ever seen the Xavier uh, mascot? No. My only memory of Xavier is that massive fight that they got into years ago when the dude was bleeding all over his face. Was that with Cincinnati in the Crosstown uh, showdown? It might have been. Let me find it. Because it used to be called the Crosstown shootout, and then when uh, the word shootout was no longer acceptable, they called it the showdown. Cincinnati 2011. Yeah. When a guy put an eye patch on after because it Mm -hmm. messed him up so bad. Uh Uh-huh. That's all I remember of Xavier. Yep. The uh, Xavier Musketeers. And Xavier and and the University of Cincinnati are like four miles apart as as campuses go. Uh, Cincinnati being a public school and Xavier being a Jesuit private school. But nevertheless, uh, yeah. Xavier is uh they they got the the musketeer is their 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 mascot and they've got this big blue blob. He he looks like something out of Pac-Man. It's just a big blue blob and I'll never forget uh they did it was like one of the opening nights of the college hoop season and Dickie V and you know how they would always do the half court shot for tuition or something like that. And if I'm not mistaken you got to find it but the uh the kid hit the shot and went like running down the court and then ran over and went to like hug the big blue blob and just <laughs> just kicked his ass. And the big blue blob went flying under the seats. It was hilarious. I almost wet myself. I was laughing so hard. Uh, it was almost as funny as when Mr. Red was on the back of the uh, the UTV driving around the outfield uh, in, in Great American Ballpark, and he fell off the back of the UTV and his head went flying. <laughs> And he, they had a picture of these kids in the stands, like with their just chins open, like, oh my God, Mr. Red's head flew off. It was hilarious. Oh God, both things happening in the uh, city of Cincinnati. None of that so beats they, Tommy Lasorda beating the crap out of the fanatic. Oh, that that's an all time with best. his own blow up doll. Yeah, that <laughs> that's right because the fanatic came out with the fat uh, the fat Lasorda doll. <laughs> Lasorda took offense to it. Kept holding out his belly, and then Lasorda just beat the crap out of him. Oh, that was so good. That was so good. Lasorda just grabbed it and started beating the hell out of him with it. Oh, my God, that was hilarious. (laughs) Oh, God, there's been some good ones. There certainly has. That's, That's good stuff. The Fanatic's been involved in a lot of fun stuff. Fanatic's still around, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, He's never oh, gonna go away. It recently, it I want to say I don't know which way it goes there, but it recently won a court case because somebody tried to sue it because it said that it copied a mascot that they had. Oh, gee. But I think the fanatic beat the case. <laughs> fanatic won. Can you see the fanatic in court? Oh. <laughs> Uh, we roll in favor of the fanatic, and then that little long tongue comes squirting out. <laughs> oh, he starts just sucking the judge's face. Right. And he's standing in front of him, and he he's instead of, you know, like the guy that loses the case, he's got that waist, and he's shaking that waist at him, like popping it out at him. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like a WWE, like the old suck it days. <laughs> fanatic just funny. Oh, good God. There you go. 
Oh, can't breathe now. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Uh, give us a shout if you choose to do so. Uh, 877-867-1670. Um, this one, uh, let's see here. This is from Dwayne. Uh, Bill, if you were the Jets and heard Rogers was 90% retired coming out of the darkness uh, retreat, wouldn't you, uh, as an owner or a GM, really wonder – uh, if he is really wanting uh, to play for the Jets, or are they just uh, full of themselves and blind? I think the latter. That's a good question. I would, I would be concerned. I, 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 if I'm the Jets, this is my thought. I got a guy that's a Hall of Famer that came out of a darkness retreat for whatever reason, pissed off. And every time the guy has been pissed off in his career, he is he's he's been a winner. He's always produced. So I'm looking at it as if I'm the Jets, this is the year I am pushing all the chips to the middle of the table because you don't know if the guy's going to come back after this season, but this is a guy that came out pissed off, and usually when he comes out pissed off with a chip on his shoulder, he plays extremely well. So that I would take that. I would take that. Uh, that again, if I'm, if I'm the Jets, I'd do that in a heartbeat. For one season... Roll the, which is why the Jets are probably trying to slow roll the Packers on compensation because they're looking at it going, God, we're going to mortgage the entire future for the now. And we're not quite sure if we're even going to be able to, to win. And then if we don't win this year and we want to build on it for next year, this guy's 90% into retirement already. And if he doesn't like the way we do things, all he's going to, that's going to be the next. And, and Dave, you're absolutely right. What happens if Rodgers gets, uh, you know, to New York and finds the grass is not greener? And now he was king of the mountain, much like uh, much like uh, Favre was in Green Bay, only to go to New York where you are one of many. You are not king of the mountain. You are just another dude on the hill. And to find it a little less desirable and finds out that really oof, he is he's not all that in a bag of chips. And he gets crucified in the media. He's already coming in with uh, the connotation of, you know, uh, holding up this whole deal with his darkness retreats and keynote speaker at hallucinogenic conventions and all the other stuff that goes on. They're excited about him as a fan. But the minute he fails, the minute he fails, look out. He may not find that grass so green in New York, which would mean it would be more than likely knowing that the you know that the the Packers have moved on that's that's never going to happen again there is no you can't go home again so now he's got New York and let's say the season does not turn out the way they want it to let's say it's it's Aaron Rodgers plays good but not great he's getting crucified in the media the Jets as an organization are getting just drilled again for picking up an aging Green Bay Packer who does a little bit but really not much for him they mortgage the future. He's just he's the he's in the crosshairs as the target. Tell me he is not gonna retire next year. I couldn't say that. I think if he was ninety percent in the uh in the retirement philosophy going into the darkness this year, I would say he would retire at the end of the season, pretty much at the final press conference. And then come training camp or, you know, the first day of the Packers season. They'll do the uh, I'm retiring a Green Bay Packer. They'll, 
you know, sign the one-day contract. He'll come back, tell everybody how much he loves him and how all the narrative was wrong or whatever, and and all of a sudden it'll be uh, it'll be all peaches and cream again. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy one. Hit us up. Feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, again, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy one. Scrum with the New York media. He's going to wish he was back in Green Bay, according to Matthew. Um, Isaac said, "I wish I could ask Rogers why did you need a darkness retreat just to come back to Green Bay, but he did not need a darkness retreat to leave." That's a great point. That's a great point. Because if it was really about time to, t- to make a decision, he would have went back into just another darkness retreat to make the decision. He just held out long enough until the Packers got sick of it and uh, then whined about it to everybody uh, that would listen. That's, there you go. That's, yeah, it's a great point. Ronald says, I'm still trying to figure out why does Rodgers need something to happen to him to be motivated to prove people wrong? Why does he need that motivation? As a GM, that would worry me. And Rick says, all my Vikings fan friends, they love this. Yeah, you know what? That's okay. That's okay. They waited a long time to have continued success, right? They were good back in the Denny Green days for a little while. And and roll with it. Remember that? Dante Culpepper, roll with it. You know? That was always uh, That was always fun. Going back to the Randy Moss days, they had some success there. Vikings fans at some point, you know. They got to feel some continued success. How would you like to feel? I mean, put it this way. Since 1985, there has not been much to write home about when it comes to the Chicago Bears. They've been to a Super Bowl. That I'll give them. But in that rain game down in Miami, nothing. Didn't happen. So, yeah, boy. So there's a lot of teams now in this NFC North that are going, oh, it's our time to shine. It's our time to shine. Finally. Finally. I don't think Jordan Love's going to be great, but watch Jordan Love be great. <laughs> watch Jordan Love just light it up. First season under center just comes out, has like an MVP-type season. Just light now again. I, 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 I've not taken a hallucinogenic. I have not eaten a gummy. I'm just throwing it out there to just say hypothetically what if. Watch that happen, right? Oh, man, it would be just palm to forehead for every other fan throughout the NFC North. Just like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? At that point in time, just find a high bridge. Go for it. Just a lot of splashes. We can't beat them. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. got it going on uh they got a bach out too uh, they just came out with they got a bach that they just put out and some other uh some other stuff that uh, they've got flowing our friends out at steel tank brewing uh go in and say hi to dave they've got the corned beef and cabbage and they make their own out there at steel tank so they've got their own micro brew out there and they're doing their own thing today there is uh there's beverages flowing everywhere everywhere 
Now it is a little different because last night we went. I told you we went down to Calderon Club last night. Had great Italian food, and I'm actually going to. I'm supposed to pick Gino up today. Once we get off the air, we're supposed to pick him up, and uh, the, the the trio of Italians are then going to go over to the Harp or Trinity, and we're supposed to sit down and have the uh, the corned beef sandwiches and all that kind of stuff today, and do a little green beer imbibing and call it a day. I'm just man. I'm just dragging. I just, uh, boy, I tell you what, after being up late last night, being out late last night, kind of dragging today. I'm can Bill Michaels drink anymore? People are wondering. I, I can drink. I just can't drink the way I used to. I'll tell you that. But I don't drink heavy. I drink what's called long. I'm long drinking. I, uh, I'm the guy that will go out and drink like two or three beers like right away in the first hour, hour, hour and a half. And you get that little bit of a buzz. And then I'm like two beers the rest of the Then night. I peed myself. There you go. It's that simple. You got to be careful because if you start to overflow, you pee yourself. But that's what happens. I'll drink during two or three beers. I got that little, you know, I can feel it a little bit. I don't want to call it a buzz, but I can feel it a little bit, but for lack of a better term. And then after that, I'm two beers the rest of the night. I'm drinking waters. You know, I'm the guy that's sober driving home. I'm the guy that doesn't, you know, doesn't be like if you gave me a breathalyzer, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't fail it. I'm good. That's just always the way I've been. I've never been a guy that's gone out and got plowed. Very rarely does that happen. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's just when you I was it was just telling Kristen, I said you know it's like is it too early for a beer? Because today feels like one of those days you want a beer, but I'm also to the point where I'm like I'm really I'm I'm tired of drinking. It's been a lot of a lot of events, a lot of parties, a lot of you know, speeches and and meetings and, and, you know, beers and, you know, and I'm kind of like, I, I don't know if I can, like tomorrow is a weird day because we have nothing on the schedule tomorrow. So do you just bring in a bunch of firewood, sit down and watch NCAA basketball? And if you want a beer, maybe you go down to the bar, down to the wagon wheel and have one down there with a cigar, or do you just... You know, there's no plan tomorrow. I might not even wake up till like noon, but no plan tomorrow for the first time in a long time. And then after that, I mean, we really start to get crazy schedule wise. So I got a couple of short weeks coming. Ben, now you took off a whole week, correct? And I hate to do this on the air, but you took off I the did. whole week. Yep. You, you went ski. Have, I've had what, one day off? I don't I know the since, answer to that. Yeah, I was trying to think of that today. Um, cause I got some, I got some stuff coming up and I'm like, you know, cause I always feel bad. I'm one of those people that feel bad taking time off. I feel like I'm, I, I feel like I'm not doing my job or something. I feel bad. I mean, literally I'm not doing my job, but I get that. But I, I feel like I'm, you know, letting people down. And so it's, it's hard for me other than the mid, you know, middle of July when I always take that week off and I go to the house and I lay by the lake and I do nothing. Uh, but it's hard for me to take time off. And, uh, but I'm one of those people, but I got a bunch of time coming, so I shouldn't feel bad, but uh, you know, then I'm kind of like, Oh, by the way, Ben, uh, you know, you've got this, this, and this and 10 days here and six days here and four days, you know, and then I feel bad killing you, but. Oh, who, no, who you should feel bad for are the people that have to listen to me. (laughs) Right. Well, I'm all good. I don't, you know what, it's funny because I do every now and then, very rarely when I uh, take days off, uh, I either take days off because I have business and I need to take a t- take days off because just business has to be conducted, 
or if I'm off, I'm either traveling on the road. Uh, I don't get a chance to really listen every now and then I will. Um, but I, I don't get a chance to, I don't like, you know, you would figure you would like engulf yourself in the show and just to see what's going on and stuff. And I, I just, I usually can't, I don't like next week. I got a couple That's of days. And I, 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 you know, I, all I keep thinking is, is, Hey, as long as you don't drive the train off the track. And by the time I get back that all the sponsors are gone, you know, everybody's mad. We're being sued. You know, as long as it's not that I'm good. You know, I'm good. We can, you know, we people, and there's probably a group of people out there that are probably like, I can't stand that guy. Thank God Ben and Grant and everybody else take over for a week. Thank God. So I, I, I'm good with that. You know, I, I'll give some of the people that can't stand me a break. I'm good with that. But, uh, but yeah, I got, got a little, I was trying to do the schedule. I got a little bit of time coming up. So we're going to be gone um, next Thursday and Friday. And I'm trying, I still, it's funny because when I travel, I'm like, okay, where can I do the show? I can still do the show. If I take everything with me, I can do the show somewhere, like in a hotel room. But I'm, I'm driving both of those days. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be gone. Then uh, April, April's really weird because it's like three days gone, one day back, then another five days gone. So that's going to be a weird one. So a lot of, a lot of weird, weird stuff coming up. Uh, 877-867-1670, You want to hit us up, feel free. Um, this one is from, uh, this is from John. John says, Hey guys, how much different will the offense look, uh, with Matt LaFleur running it and Jordan Love actually running Matt LaFleur's offense? Do you think things are going to change? Uh, no. I I think maybe, you know, much like Bill Huber alluded to, maybe some plays will or will not work because of whatever limitations there are on Jordan Love to be able to change the play at the line of scrimmage until he gets fully indoctrinated and or comfortable. But I can't imagine it changing a ton. Um, You know, it's – I think it's going to be more incumbent upon Matt LaFleur to put the offense into a rhythm. That, that, that's, you know, I've always said coaches of any type, their job is to put you in the best position to be successful. After that, it's up to you. Matt LaFleur calling plays, it will be incumbent upon him to get the team into a rhythm, get the offense into a rhythm and get the offense into the ability to take shots without being a high risk offense or getting into the, getting into the old rut of, calling, you know, third and two and 40 yards downfield and, you know, in predictability, you know, you got it. You, 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 you know, it is going to be a huge partnership with Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love, as opposed to Aaron Rodgers just covered up a lot of blemishes, you know, what you relied upon. He just covered up a lot of things. So I'm um, now it's going to be whatever knowledge Jordan Love has gained behind Aaron Rodgers and how much, how well equipped he is to handle that. I guess might be the best way to put it. Uh, 877-867-1670. Are you kidding me, unit? You're not going to McBob's for the uh, corned beef sandwich. Ben, uh, I don't know if I'm going to make it to McBob's. McBob's, for those that don't know, is is on North Avenue in the Milwaukee area. And uh, last night somebody asked me, where are the best corned beef sandwiches? And McBob's does it once a year. And it's it's on, I've never tasted anything like it. It's fantastic. It's like my grandmother used to make. My grandmother Nagley, oh, it's just it's just like she used to make. Oh my goodness, so good! And I've never been able to find anything else like it. 
and but it McBob's does it. It is just so good. Ben, are you a big corned beef sandwich guy going out on uh, St. Patrick's Day? No, I don't think so. Okay. I haven't done it, so I guess yeah. not. I'm a big fan of f- like a good corned beef hash, though. Okay. You know, you they know, have that stuff which, in the cans. Oh, I've not done that. Uh, oddly enough, Kristen likes that. That must be an East Coast thing. Oh, it's incredible. Well, well, we used to, when we'd go camping, that's the, uh, yeah. you know, take oh, a lot of okay. cans and such. Make right. that some spam. It, Ugh. Yeah, well, spam. Yeah, that was spam. Was when I was growing up. My my grandfather used to do that every now and then. Love spam. Yeah, uh, but I but corned beef hash. Uh, Kristen's the same way. She loves that stuff. So I and I now like where I grew up, it was getta, and nobody knows what getta is unless you've actually had it. But getta is like grain and oats and meats and stuff and all mushed together and. And then what you did was you you fried it up in a skillet and it became kind of a, a crispy, you know, weirdness to whatever the hell it actually is. I don't know. I don't know if I want to know. But it was always so good. My mom used to make it. But that's it. That's it. And that's more of a not a whole lot of people outside of the uh, the Cincinnati area knows what that is. So and maybe uh, the, the corned beef hash, which is close to it. Uh, maybe the corned beef hash is is the East Coast thing. I don't know. I don't know how we got on this topic, but uh, yeah, McBob's. That would be the best place to go, no doubt. Uh, 877-867-1670, Hit us up. We'll put the train back on the track when we come back. More of the Bill Michael Show now. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. For a uh, terrific career, if you're in the culinary field, uh, you can join the team at the Four Seasons Island Resort in Pembine. Now, they're adding to their culinary team. And if you're looking for, uh, you know, they're looking for chefs, actually, that are kind of not afraid to experiment and do some really cool stuff. That's what they're looking for. They want to up their level of uh, of food, if you will. And uh, they're gearing up for the summer season. They have other positions available. It, it's just such a beautiful place up there on the island. If you're looking for a, a great job and maybe a getaway, uh, all in one, that's the way to go. Yeah, you, you know, you can live up there. They actually have uh, the uh, condos for the employees on the island. There's even eligibility for benefits such as medical, dental, vision, 401k, PTO, plus a whole lot of perks and discounts. Uh, you can uh, email your resume right now to the four seasons Wisconsin at gmail.com. They even have paid internships. The four seasons Wisconsin at gmail.com. And uh, you can get a hold of our girl Barb up there. If you're looking to go there, whether it's go to the island, uh, the island resort, uh, and start gearing up for summertime, or you want to go to Pine Mountain Resort and maybe this summer play a Timberstone Golf Course, which is beautiful, call our girl Barb, 715-938-5110. 715-938-5110. And make sure you t- uh, use the code BillMichaels15. Michaels15, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S, Michaels15. And uh, you can go ahead and uh, get yourself a nice discount, 15% off. Not a bad way to go. Check out our friends at the uh, Four Seasons Island Resort and uh, Pine Mountain Resort. Um, the World Baseball Classic, by the way, drew as many people into the first round of the tournament and uh, the games over in Japan, as they say, it's kind of like Super Bowl-esque ratings. Ben, did you watch much of the World Baseball Classic? 
I have actually. I've watched a lot. It's mainly, yeah. I mean, it's been on in the bars I've been to that's, during the weekend. Yes. Yeah. Which, and, but, but I find myself drawn to watching it. It's been amazing, if I'm being honest. Yeah, watching some been, of those uh, games out there in Japan, and, and I think they have some in China as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously the United States games. They had Vance Worley striking out Mike Trout. Right. Like, what else could you ask for? They had, uh, they, they've drawn huge ratings. Obviously, a lot of recognizable names in this. Uh, the United States has not been the powerhouse that everybody would have expected, uh, which has been a little bit disappointing. Um, but it, it's it's been really good, unless you're a Mets fan and your closer goes down. Oof. What, uh, is that an ACL? Did they determine that? He tore his have patella they... tendon. Oh, that's even worse. It's It's brought up a very large discussion about the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, that's even worse. Oof. But that's like anything. That's like the Olympics. You know, do you want your players, paid players, paying in the, playing in the Olympics? Do you, you know, when you send over the, the dream team from the United States to play basketball, do you want any of these guys risking injury, you know, when you're paying them big contracts? It, it, it's That's always going to be the discussion. The Mets actually don't have to pay them now. Insurance covers it. Yeah, but the bottom line is you lost your closer. Well, right, right. I mean, just monetarily. I, I agree right. with that. No, but like Gavin Lux, one of the star infielders for the Dodgers, tore his ACL in spring training. You know, mm-hmm. like baseball right. is baseball at a right. point. Football, I get. But if you're playing baseball, whether it's spring training or the World Baseball Classic, the thing I don't love would be the pitcher's arms just not being ready for the season. Right. But it matters to them. Like the dudes like Trout, Shohei Otani, all these guys are saying how how much energy there is, how important it does feel. Yeah. It's and then uh, you know, when you talk about Trout, then he goes back to playing in front of that lame crowd out there in Los Angeles. He doesn't even play for the Dodgers, he plays for the Angels. He plays in anonymity. I don't Disney. Yeah, how how would you like to be Mike Trout? You're playing in all this energy in the World Baseball Classic, and then they go back to playing for, you know, you get that opening day buzz, and after that, it's nothing. You know, people, you could probably get more people that want to yell your name going into opposing cities than out there in L.A., for sure. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, but the the ratings have been great. Ratings have been great for the World Baseball Classic. So, baseball's got to be smiling a little bit that maybe people are feeling like it's back a little bit. I think... Uh, there's been a lot of interest in the uh, in the rules change too. That's the other thing is games, spring training games specifically. Uh, the times have been cut almost by a half an hour. Have you been reading that, following that, Ben? Yeah, I've been watching. I I have no life, so I've watched a lot of spring training baseball. Yeah, and it feels faster. I think it's something that will be very fast to adjust to, kind of like the DH in the National League. Right, and then it'll feel normal after maybe half a season. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, if you just sit back and, uh, there's been a couple of times I've been sitting here working and you flip on a Brewers game and, or you go to MLB network and you're watching whatever game of the week or game of the day it happens to be. And, and, and all of a sudden you look up and it goes from just starting to, oh, it's, it's the fifth inning already. Wow. I mean, it, they motor and, uh, they're cutting the time by almost a half an hour. It's like 22, 27 minutes or something like that is what they've cut off of these games. So far, and again, it depends on how much they actually adhere to the rules once you get into the regular season, because we've seen this before, where once the regular season gets going, 
and circumstances and games matter and tensions begin to build, then umpires tend to back off uh, the stringentness, if you will, of some of these rules changes. So we'll see if they they continue them. But it's it's been it's been kind of fun. Been kind of fun. We got another hour yet to go. We'll get you caught up as to uh, some of the games in progress in the NCAA tournament. Got a lot more to get to. Marquette coming up in about 45 minutes from now. We're going to find out how huge Christian Yelich is. Coming up. Effing huge. Coming up here in about 15 so minutes. Stay tuned for that. Huge package. You got a huge package. Huge. It's huge. We don't know, but he's huge. So we're going to talk about that too. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next.